You know what's the craziest thing for me? Is to hit the record button and have it actually start recording. (laughs) 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 To have a piece of technology work appropriately. Wild shit. That's right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Oddities. I'm Cassie. I'm Anna. And Merry Almost Christmas. And I actually don't remember when Hanukkah is this year. I'm not sure if it's going on at this point or if it's done, but happy Hanukkah. Uh, Happy whatever anybody's celebrating these days. Hope it's a good one. That's right. And a safe one. Yes, and a safe one and a smart one. All that jazz. That's right. And, and if just, you're on lockdown, please stay in lockdown. Stay there. Thank you. <laughs> and in just a couple weeks' time, we'll be able to say that hindsight really is 2020. Oh, my God. Get it? Because my... we'll be in 2021. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. I think we're all wishing hindsight was, well... <laughs> I think we're all wishing we had 2020 vision for the year 2020. For sure. You know, and here's the second. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, anyone that had a five-year plan got fucked this year. It's it's so fucked. I, um, the sad thing is, it's like, we're all like, we just need to make it to the end of the year. But the problem is, it's like, once that clock strikes midnight and it's 2021, nothing's going to shut off and get better. (laughs) That's right. We're still in the same boat. Let's just be better in 2021, you know? You know, look at you, man. Cassie for president. (laughs) Oh, my God. I have to say, if somebody told me you have to be president, I like if they were like, we're either going to kill you or you have to be president, I'd die. That's a job I do not want. I would have instant diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just like... You have to be president. Boom. Shit my pants. You know? Just like. Oh, big time. Automatic. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, this is not at all related to. Shitting your pants? (laughs) Yeah, this is not at all related to shitting my pants or diarrhea. But I just, I have to say, we received the nicest compliment from somebody on Twitter. Oh, yeah. This is so sweet. I mean, this is now, you know, like several weeks after the fact because we record ahead of time. But like. Um, some, one of our listeners, unfortunately, suffers from migraines and she was listening to our podcast and found us to be like calming isn't that such a and and like enjoyable but like isn't that such a nice compliment also thank you a i'm i'm very sympathetic to you because i also suffer from migraines they're the worst they're honest to god the worst so we are with you spiritually yeah but also i've never been described as calming no i don't know that i have either and it's like such a nice thing to be called Yeah, it's so sweet that we were, like, soothing her while her head hurt. That's so nice. And we love a woman that's soothed by weird shit, so welcome. God bless. I'm so glad you're listening. Uh, I don't know why I threw that in at the end. I I just, yeah, yeah, that was was such a sweet comment. It was so nice. Um, And by this point, I think we will have announced our giveaway winners. So whoever you are, congratulations. Toot toot. Packages on the way. We don't know now because we don't have the capability of time travel. <laughs> no, but one day maybe. And oh um, and how are you today, man? How's it going? How's everything? You know, good. I 
I have a few Christmas decorations up, which is unusual for me. Ooh, jazzy. I have a wreath on my door, and my mom found me a sign that says, don't get your tinsel in a tangle, and so now that's hanging up. Love that. Big fan of that. Because that's who I am as a person. Jingle, jangle, don't get your tinsel in a tangle. (laughs) It's just a nice way of, a Christmas way of saying, chill the fuck out. Yeah, everybody calm the fuck down. Everybody shut up. That's right. So, I mean, yeah, and otherwise I'm I'm having my coffee. It's the morning when we're recording this, so, you know, I'm chilling out. How are you? I'm good. What do I have going on? Well, as you know, we've been decorated for like a month now, a month? so I really can't say anything, but um, Christmas presents, they're, you know, I've been doing lots of online shopping. They're rolling in. Oh, yeah. I got to get on some serious wrapping duty. As I mentioned last year, <sighs> I am the worst at wrapping presents they come out like shit and it is so not on brand for me you would think that i'm one of those bitches that like like you know how hallmark wraps things and it always comes out like fucking perfect yeah that is not i (laughs) you know who's actually good at wrapping Hmm. me really yeah dude uh, i love that for you and it again very off brand (laughs) (laughs) we love mixing it up um other than that, let's see. I received word that I have my uh, like annual review in a couple weeks. Although by the time this comes out, it'll be done. So hopefully, aces all around. And uh, oh my god! Oh, for work. For work. Oh my yes. god! I totally forgot. Yes. I forgot that work existed because I'm off tomorrow because I'm getting a new couch. Oh, that's oh, my exciting couch. news! I'm so excited for you. Send pictures, please. Oh, I. I woke up this morning and I was like, one more sleep and then I get my new couch. That's so ex- Adulthood, here we are. We've arrived. Dude, there's something about a nice couch. I love a good couch. Oh, love I just, a good couch. I really love just like furniture shopping in general and getting like knickknacks. For, like home goods is my shit. Big time. You know what? It's so weird because I remember absolutely loathing doing that as a kid mm-hmm. but now that it's like my house as an adult you're like ooh, it's different right because it's like so much power you know <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like i love this i can do this i can do that i can hang this it's just but yeah huh. furniture shopping has gotten fun yeah. albeit a little stressful a little stressful because measurements are a dick they are a bitch um yeah but other than that i have uh, i have nothing for you uh else in my world you know wearing my mask washing my hands that's it (laughs) that's it and i have to say to all the people right now who are wearing a mask who are obeying the rules who are washing your hands we appreciate you because i don't think you're getting enough appreciation because the news is constantly being like things are getting bad but for the people who are consistently doing it we appreciate yes good on you let's just Okay. Thank you for appreciating yourself and others. That's it. Um, yeah, so we've got a little bit of a, a Christmassy episode today. A, a jing, jing, jing. I should put in some, like, jingle bells here, like, jing, 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 jing. Jing, jing, Oh, maybe I'll find some jingle bells. I'll throw it in. Love that, right? Like, a, you know, like sleigh bells. Like, I, I can't make the noise, but you know what I'm talking about. But I like that you did. You went to do the hand motions. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the hand motions, baby. Come on. That's right, that's right. Um, so would you like to start this week or shall I? I don't know what you have, 
Because I read it on the Google sheet and it meant nothing to me, so I think you should start. I'll tell you precisely why it means nothing. <laughs> and this is no offense to the, any people from there who could be listening, but it's Welsh, so that's a wild fucking language. Ah, oh, so it's... Okay, so not to be offensive to the Welsh, but that's why it meant nothing that's to why me. It means it's in another language. Literally nothing to us because it is in another yeah. language, and your language is nuts to me, so yeah. Yeah, you guys love to put W's in wild shit. You guys are wild, so keep on keeping on. All right, so... That's right. God bless. So shall I take it away then? I'll start? Yeah, because I'm very interested. Okay, it's not, like, outstandingly long or anything. So what I'm covering, if you couldn't already tell from the title, people, is the Marty Lloyd, and I Googled that. I wanted to make sure I said By the way, I love that pronunciation. Am I Welsh now? (laughs) I made it. We're moving. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Okay, so what Marty Lloyd is, is it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, it's like a, it's like a folk custom kind of in Wales. It's, it's a wassailing folk custom, which my understanding is it's kind of like caroling sort of. And so the tradition, but this is like. This is like caroling gone wild because it entails the use of of a hobby horse, which is made from a horse's skull mounted on a pole and then carried by an individual hidden under like a sheet. And it represents a regional variation of a hooded animal tradition that appears throughout Great Britain. Guys. Okay. What are nobody you doing can see out my there? face, but I was just the happiest <laughs> I've ever been. We, we, we took caroling and we... We threw a skull into it, and I love it. Like, this is, like, the marriage of, like, a couple of my favorite things, you know? Big it's fan. like if the Vikings went caroling. Dude, for sure. Maybe they are. Are you guys, like, all... I've never been to Wales. Are you all a bunch of Vikings over there? I don't really know. <laughs> I would... Ugh. Maybe. I bet I you mean, have some nice sweaters, though. It's probably cold, right? Oh, big time. Yeah. Oh, they must have the coziest sweaters. Like, I think they're up there with Iceland, probably, in terms of the sweaters. All right. Mm-hmm. As we were. <laughs> wow, I love that. I'm very excited about this. So this custom was first recorded in like 1800-ish. And there's like subsequent accounts of it being produced into the early uh, 20th century. And according to these, the Marty Lloyd was a tradition performed at Christmas time by groups of men. Okay. Sexist, Okay, but fine. All right. Uh, but they would form into teams to accompany the horse... I'm, I'm using quotes, everybody. <laughs> the horse on its travels around the local area, and although the makeup of these groups varied, they typically included an individual to carry the horse, a leader of the group, and individuals dressed as, like, stock characters from, like, Christmas things. I love that. Big fan. And the team would carry the Marty Lloyd, which is, of course, the horse itself, to local houses where they would request entry through song. Oh, my God. <laughs> The householders would be expected to deny them entry, again, through song, and the two sides would continue their responses to one another in this manner, and if the householders eventually relented, then the team would be permitted entry and given food and drink. So basically we have, like, a sing-off, and then we get food and drinks at the end. Hell to the yeah! Wow! This is the most festive shit! Right? I know. Um, so this kiss- this kissed them. (laughs) This custom- was given various names throughout time, but it's most commonly known as Marty Lloyd. And they're not entirely sure where that name comes from. It's like the subject of academic debate and all this shit. So one folklorist, whose name I can't pronounce, it's like, okay. Yorworth C. Pete <laughs> believed, believes that the term Marty Lloyd 
means Holy Mary, and thus is a reference to Mary, mother of Sweet Baby Jay. While fellow mm-hmm. folklorist E.C. Cott, a much easier name to pronounce, <laughs> thought it was more likely that the term actually originally meant gray mare, thus referring to the horse head, which makes way more sense to me. Like, why would they be like, this translates to, uh, what did they say, Holy Mother, Holy Mary, yeah. and then it's a horse. Right. So, like, gray mare makes way more sense to me personally, but, you know, what do I know? Yeah, because but cause it's a horse. Right, a horse. <laughs> Is a horse, of course, of course. So, of course. Um, a number of folklorists have examined this topic, and it's like a whole like debate. And it was believed that the tradition had once been a pre-Christian religious rite, although scholarly support for this interpretation has declined. Although I could see kind of where this like may have like sort of like maybe pagan origins, kind of. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't know, but. Um, yeah, and the absence of late medieval references to such practices and the geographic dispersal of the various British hooded animal traditions, including the hoodening of Kent, the broad of Cotswolds, the old ball, old tup, and old horse of northern England. What are you guys doing over there? I have to say, oh, also really quick, this is related. Mm. I, if you guys haven't seen the the show we are the champions on netflix the first episode is brilliant and it's about a tradition in england where they roll it's like a a a hill at a 75 degree angle they roll a thing of cheese down it and everybody races down it i don't know what y'all are doing over there but i love it love it i love all your weird traditions yeah i don't know like i mean all i can say is what the fuck but i mean that in like the nicest possible way no, like, I mean, I need to go and see some of these events oh, live before I die. <laughs> I want to watch the cheese roll. I want to watch this dead horse head walk around. You know, I want to see this shit. I'm, I'm into it. I'm into what you guys are doing. <laughs> I'm sorry we threw your tea away. Yeah, fuck us. Jeez, we're real dicks. <laughs> um, let's see. Although this tradition started to decline in the early mid, early to mid 20th century, um, and this is partially in due to opposition from some local Christian clergy, of course, and changing social sure. traditions. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It Here was, comes the fun police. Here we are. Uh, it was revived in new forms in the mid to latter part of the century. And the tradition has also inspired various artistic depictions, appearing, for instance, in the work of the painter Clive Hicks Jenkins and the poet Vernon Watkins. So good on you guys. So let me give a little more detail of the horse's head and like this whole setup and the the <laughs> practice itself that's what i'm trying to say okay so <laughs> there it is the marty lloyd like i said it consists of a horse's skull but then they decorate it with ribbons and they affix it to this pole and then the back of the skull is attached to this white sheet which kind of like comes down over the person that's carrying the pole they're like a horse right. ghost you know but that's um awesome on occasion, the horse's head was not represented by a skull, but was instead made from wood or even paper. So we're just paper macheing mm. some shit. In some instances, the horse's jaw was able to open and close as the result of a string or lever to... It's like a freaky fucking Christmas puppet. Why Why do they do this at... I guess because of the caroling. But <laughs> I was just going to be like, why do they not do this at Halloween? <laughs> I don't know why this is a Christmas thing, but like... Anyway... There are some accounts where pieces of glass are affixed to the eye sockets, um, which disturbs me, you know, to represent eyes. I, 
hate that. I do hate that. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, but um, preparation of this activity is like a communal event. Like people get together and, and create this monstrosity together you know yeah, whatever sure, sure. um so it's like a nice like community thing uh and this custom was performed during winter uh festivities specifically around the dates of christmas and new year so like kind of that like week in between where time doesn't exist however mm-hmm. there is no real like precise date on which the custom is performed it varies between villages and whatever else it's like you know you got to get the group together people's schedules are busy all that shit so uh, in a number of cases, it's actually carried out, like, several nights consecutively instead of just, like, one, you know, like, wham, bam, body slam, we're done. We just we just party, right. you know? Um, and the custom used to begin at dusk and last late into the night, and the party consists of four to seven men who often had colored ribbons and rosettes attached to their clothes and sometimes wore a broad sash around the waist. Love Fabulous. that. And, Love that. Um, there's usually a smartly dressed leader who carries a staff stick or whip and sometimes other stock characters such as the merry men who played music and punch and judy have no idea who these people are uh and uh you know there's one person carries a a metal fire iron and judy has a besom i don't know what's going on what also i still can't get over the fact that the leader has a whip this is this is a wild shit excite me (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, like I said before, the party would, you know, like, approach this house, they'd they'd sing this shit, and they want to be let in, and the people would be like, uh, no, and here are a handful of excuses why. And then the party just keeps, like, (laughs) singing again, and and eventually I think people just kind of, like, get, you know, so run down, they're like, fine, uh, come in, you can have some ale, you can have some snackalas, it's fine. Or I would imagine, like, eventually you're gonna hit a homie's house. Yeah, right? Like, eventually somebody's gonna whatever um and so uh like so that that punch figure that i mentioned before and i didn't really look into much about this punch and judy so my bad everybody but basically like those two characters existed in the group to like cause annoying noises like tapping on the ground or like brushing a broom against the windows basically annoying people into letting them in but the householders had to make punch promise that he would not touch their fireplace before he entered the building otherwise it was the local custom that before he left, he would rake out the fire with his poker, which is like, that's kind of dickish, but okay. And, um, yeah. So once they're inside, like, you know, they continue to entertain and that the horse thing is running around neighing and snapping its jaws and shit, frightening children, you know, which I don't know why that's sure, a part of it, but sure. I don't, you know, I totally get it. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's like the wild practice of this. And so in terms of origins, like where this shit came from, it's a little foggy. <laughs> sure, sure. But, um, some say that it is the survival of some ancient popular rite or ceremony. Um, some say that the origins are Christian and that it had once been part of the festivities of the Feast of the Ass. The Feast of the what? Ass. The what? Ass. That's in talk. Feast of the Ass. Oh my god, I thought... You just weren't finishing the word. It's just feast of the ass. <laughs> feast of the ass. Period. Our That's stuff. it. Uh, which is or a commemoration of the flight into Egypt of Mary and St. Joseph that was historically marked on January 14th. Um, and I didn't know it's that. argued that the Marty Lloyd itself actually represents the donkey on which Mary rode. 
Which kind of makes sense. I could see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I also, you know, I had no idea that event existed. I, I didn't either. I'm still caught up on these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a pretty dumb name. It's real dumb. They did not think that all the way through. Uh, some say uh, that this is a practice that, quote, probably had a religious, if pre-Christian, origin, adding that by the time it had been recorded, it had become emptied of its religious content. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, that's fine, sure. too. Um, and the Marty Lloyd, like I mentioned before, there's like these other hooded animal traditions that exist kind of in the area. Um, features common to these customs uh, are the use of a hobby horse, a performance at Christmas time, song or spoken statements requesting payment. Next time somebody owes me money, I'm singing it to them. <laughs> I'm just saying. And the use of a team who included a man dressed in women's clothing. You guys are wild. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's kind of like there. somebody else has drawn parallels between like um, something called the Hoodening and the Christmas Bull tradition, which is recorded in Dorset and, oh God, I always fuck up this. It's not really Gloucester, sire. Gloucester? Gloucester? It's... it's- Gloucester. Gloucester. Gloucestershire. But you're spelled like Gloucestershire, just FYI. That's how <laughs> Yeah. You, y'all are spelling this. <laughs> um, oh, God, yeah. But anyway, there are also, like, other hobby horse traditions that exist, like, near May Day. So it's kind of like, I don't know, you guys just love a good horse moment, and that's cool. But You guys love a good horse moment. So we really don't know exactly where this came from. There are some, in my opinion, like, valid valid offerings there as to possible explanations but yeah it's just this wild thing that you guys do and you know i don't know if you're planning on doing it this year i think things are kind of shitty over there at the moment covid wise so just like maybe Mm. maybe don't do it uh or be like really super smart about it yeah or do it when remember when like italy and all those countries were in lockdown and they're like like, standing on their balcony singing and shit yeah like do shit like that yeah or like a zoom mari lloyd (laughs) just put the horse head in front of it just pops up from people. Yeah, and if there's anything we can truly take away from those people, it's that there's something called the Feast of the Ass. That's right. So, and yeah. also, basically, I like the idea that we can scare anyone at any time of the year. That's my new favorite thing. Spookiness isn't just reserved for October, people. You can be spooky right. around. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a good one. So that's the Marty Lloyd. And if if we have any Welsh listeners and you would like to tell us about this, please do. Yeah, and I'm sorry if I butchered any of your words or, like, misunderstood this custom at all, but I try my best, you know? I always do. That's right. We're, yeah. just, we're just feeble Americans. We're just two mere Americans over here trying to educate That's the world right. on some crazy shit. That's right. Well, as you know from the title... I'm doing the Nutcracker this week. Feast of the Ass and the Nutcracker. Here we are. Which was its own Feast of the Ass. (laughs) So so I'm going to start with some background on this bitch. Give it to me. I'm listening. So a week before Christmas in 1892. Here we are. Here we are. There's a sold out audience in St. Petersburg, Russia at the Marininsky Theater. Mm. Tsar Alexander III was there. It was a time. Apparently, the critics ranged from lukewarm 
to downright hostile in their reviews, which is hilarious. Jesus. <laughs> That's hilarious. But also we're in Russia, so like I could kind of like see that, you know? I feel like you guys are probably pretty intense. Which, I love it. I love it. Big so, fan. The, huge. They dismissed the choreography as, quote, confusing. And a reviewer sent by the St. Petersburg Gazette called it, quote, the most tedious thing I have ever seen. This sounds like us when we watch horror movies. It really does. <laughs> I love it. And the Russian artist and critic, Alexander Benoit, which sounds French to me, but okay. Yeah, what are you doing over... What, what's happening? But okay. Alexander Benoit yeah. described the choreography for the battle scene, <laughs> quote, one cannot understand anything. Disorderly pushing about from corner to corner and running backwards and forwards, quite amateurish. <laughs> I want to be a critic. Oh, so fun. It was also criticized for not being faithful to the Hoffman tale, which it's based on. Knowing what the Hoffman tale is, I can't imagine why. <laughs> So then the revolution happens in 1917. The ballet stopped happening, obviously. Alexander Dumas, 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 what? Alexander Dumas, yeah. who wrote The Three Musketeers and The Count of Monte Cristo, was chosen to help with the adaptation to the ballet. Okay. Let's talk about the story this shit is adapted from. Can we please? Because I don't know anything about it. Oh, it's weird. Okay, give it to me. So... It's adapted from E.T.A. Hoffman's The Nutcracker and The Mouse King. Oh. Now, there's a lot of shit that goes on. I'm going to hit you with the highlights. They're still going to sound like a lot. Okay. <laughs> because every weird thing feeds into something else weird, and it's just so convoluted. Okay, great. So, here we go. Marie and her brother are waiting for presents from their godfather, who's like a clockmaker and an inventor, and he basically gives them a clockwork castle with, like, mechanical people moving inside. But they're, like, they're kids, so it does the same thing, so they get bored because they're ungrateful fuckers. Right. Here we are. Here we are. So Marie notices there's a nutcracker, and she basically, like, loves it. So she gets assigned to being its caretaker. Her brother <laughs> straight up breaks its jaw. <laughs> and she wraps him up in a ribbon from her dress. Okay. So she puts the nutcracker in the cabinet, and his face comes alive to her. Then the clock begins to chime, and the mice come out from beneath the floorboards, including the seven-headed mouse king. This is like a little bit of my own personal hell for just a couple of reasons. First of all, the doll's coming alive, so we hate that. Mm-hmm. Hate that in and a the big mice. way. And then I like, you know, I don't mind mice. I think they're kind of cute. But when you have oh. like a seven-headed mouse that shows up... What's that about? Was where's the radioactivity that caused this? We haven't had Chernobyl yet. So <clears throat> not yet. <laughs> like what's happening? <laughs> you know? Also, the sentence mice come out from beneath the floorboards, that's too many mice for me. That's yeah, like I mean, th we're not talking like one or two little dudes that show up like and you're like, "Oh, no, we're talking like I'm th I'm picturing like hundreds." Yeah. Like a shitload of and mice. And that makes that makes me feel crazy. That's a lot of bacteria. <sighs> Uh, okay, so then here come here come the dolls. Are you ready? Oh, Christ. So the dolls in the toy cabinet come alive fuck. with the Nutcracker leading them with Mary's ribbon as like a token. What the fuck? Okay. Okay. So the toys are winning, but the mice are all like, nah. And Marie, who's watching this, apparently, 
throws her slipper at the seven-headed mouse king because he's taking the nutcracker as prisoner. All right. Seven heads, gang, when by did, the way. When did, Seven. When did Marie, like, get the hots for the Nutcracker? Because, like, I'm sensing something. Like, she's, like, weirdly protective over this. Like, I'm. it's a little funny for me. Also. W- also, why do we give a so, fuck? Let that seven-headed bastard take the thing. Shit. She's just watching this whole thing like, transpire. Wow. She's not losing her mind. Yeah, like, why isn't, like, why isn't her face melting off? She's got hundreds of mice running around her. Shit's coming alive. And there's a seven-headed fucker. I mean, Jesus, I, my ass wouldn't be sitting there watching. Why isn't she screaming for her parents? This is the time I would go straight into ass-kicking mode. Six. Someone in that group's getting fucked up, if not all of them, you know? Feast of ass. That's feast of ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marie just faints, right? Later, okay. cuts her arm on the cabinet door. Oh, ouch. She... She tells her parents about the mice and the toys, and they don't believe her because who the fuck would? They're like, Marie, you crazy bitch. When did you type, <laughs> type tap into our psychedelics? I, for real. She's like, I thought you moved the drugs. <laughs> Who left our shrooms out? <laughs> what are you doing? You can't leave them on the table so you can get to them. <laughs> so, and then, to top off this shit Sunday, there's a story within this story. Uh, because the Godfather comes back. With the fixed, like he fixes her nutcracker and explains the story of Princess Perlipat and Madame Mouse Rinks. Oh, jeez. Who is known as the Queen of the Mice, which explain how, explains how nutcrackers came to be and why they look the way that they do. Okay. So here's this fucking shit. Okay. So this is the Godfather in the story telling Marie this story. Yeah, and unfortunately, because he's called the Godfather, all I can picture is like, him going like this and telling him, you know, like, <laughs> well, he has a name, but it like got confusing towards the end. So I was like, he's just the god. I know. So like, me. I like our version better where he's like a large Italian, <laughs> like mob boss. <laughs> and he's like, you come here to talk about this the day of my nutcracker's accident. <laughs> I give you this nutcracker and this is what you return to me. Look what they did to my nutcracker. <laughs> Look what they did to my boy. <laughs> so, the mouse queen in this story tricks Princess Perlipat and her mother to eat the lard that was supposed to go into the king's sausage that he was to eat at dinner. All right. So now we're throwing some delicacies into the mix, I guess. We're at, you know, lard. Uh, uh. Yep. All right. So the king, because he knows that the mouse queen did this, ha- like has people make traps for the mouse queen and her children. Okay. In my notes, I go, there's a whole bunch of shit, but this is what it boils down to. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mouse queen wants to avenge her children and Perlipat's mother. Because basically all, the traps kill all the mouse queen's children or harm them or whatever. Oh, fuck. Okay. So the, the mouse queen wants to avenge her children. So Perlipat's mother has cats wait around her who are kept awake by being stroked. But the women who are meant to be like stroking the cats fall asleep. And the mice queen turns Perlipat ugly, giving her a huge head, a wide grinning mouth, and a cottony beard. Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. Basically, they realize there's like so much shit that happens and it's so convoluted. But basically, they realize that they have to find someone that can crack a nut with their teeth and they have to find the right nut. So they search for like a super long time 
And it turns out that the king's pal's nephew can crack it with his teeth, Pearly Pat swallows it, and becomes beautiful again. Oh, good. We lost our beard and our large head. Right. But then the nephew falls backward, steps on the mouse queen, and the curse that she laid on Pearly Pat befalls him, giving him a huge head, a wide grinning mouth, and a cottony beard, essentially making him a nutcracker. Yes, right. So Pearly Pat banishes him from the castle because he's ugly. What the fuck? Like a cold bitch. What a cold bitch indeed. This guy just saved her life. From be- not saved her life. He basically just restored her to being beautiful. And she's like, get out. Now you're ugly. You're not hot anymore. I can't have this shit in my kingdom. Bitch. And she refuses to marry him, which is basically what her father promised anyone that could crack the nut. Oops. All right. So now Marie, now we're back. Marie, who's now heard this story while she's recuperating from when she just fainted. Uh-huh. Here's the Mouse King, who's the, our seven-headed friend, who's the descendant of the Mouse Queen. Mm-hmm. He hears, she hears the Mouse King telling Marie that he'll bite the Nutcracker to pieces unless she gives him sweets. So she does. Uh, okay. <laughs> then the Nutcracker wakes up, I guess, fights off the Mouse King and defeats him, coming into Marie's room bearing seven crowns. Seven crowns? Okay. Oh, from each of the heads. Yeah, for all the heads. Right, right. Which, if you have seven heads, uh, of course you're going to have seven crowns. Right, of course. You need all of those. One for each head. We can't have any of the heads feeling left out. That's right. You can't have any of the heads being like, I want a crown. You can't have that. (laughs) I wonder if they just fight with each other. Probably. Anyway. (laughs) So, he takes her to the doll kingdom. The, the, The fucking Nutcracker does. Yep. But she falls asleep and is taken back home, and her parents still don't believe her. Her parents are still like, I thought you hid the dress. <laughs> her parents are now getting a divorce because they're fighting over who gave Marie drugs. <laughs> they're like, I told you, you should have put them on the top shelf. He's like, I put them in the toy cabinet, and that's how this whole shit started. <laughs> So Marie's sitting in front of the toy cabinet, tripping balls, and she swears <laughs> to the Nutcracker that if he were real, she would never treat him the way Perlipat did and would love him no matter what he looked like. So does he get hot again? There, so there's a bang, and she falls off her chair. This bitch spends most of the story asleep. You know who the fuck this bitch is? Her clumsy ass is Bella Swan. <laughs> That's who she is. Big time. Bella Swan at Twilight, all she's doing is fucking falling all over the place like a klutz. This is Marie, and she's just, she's smacking her arm on tables, and she's falling off of chairs, and now she's sleeping again. She's just, she, what I think is crazy is like, this motherfucker just knocks out. Yep. Also, her parents aren't worried when she cut her arm. And also, they're not concerned that she's just like constantly fainting. Like, should we not get her examined, maybe? Like, what is (laughs) happening? Like, why is she just passing out normally? Yeah, why is Marie just asleep again? (laughs) So, when Marie wakes up... (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, hi. Her mother comes in and tells her that the nephew, the one from the story, Mm -hmm. has arrived, and he tells her that by saying she'd love him despite his looks, she broke the curse and made him human again. Great. Here's the kicker. He asks her to marry him, she accepts, and in a year and a day, he comes for her and takes her away to the Doll Kingdom, where she marries him and is crowned queen. How old is this kid? 
A child. This kid is like 10, 11. I don't know. I'm picturing to be like a little ass kid and she's getting married and now she's hanging out in the doll kingdom with, I guess he's hot again. I don't know. doesn't really matter because she loves him Who regardless. Knows, but if he was alive for Princess Perlipat, this motherfucker is old as hell. This guy's like 700 and this kid is like 10. This is disgusting and the Nutcracker is a pedophile. But this is what this ballet is adapted from. Jesus And Christ. I just feel like, what the hell are we doing here, gang? And I mean, I just like, real fast to those critics, like, when you called it a mess, that is because it is a mess. Mess. Correct. <laughs> like, like I, I just gave you guys the long and the short of it. Reading how confusing it is, you're like, what the fuck? So I'm going to talk about how it became famous really quick. Okay. In 1940, Walt Disney uses Tchaikovsky's entire score in Fantasia, which instantly propels it to be recognizable, and it is still considered classic Christmas music without being related to Christianity at all, which I think is interesting. That is interesting. In 1954, with his new dance company, the New York City Ballet, dance pioneer George Balachine resurrected the ballet he had learned as a student in the Marininsky Theater, where it had first premiered. Mm. He used the original story, yikes, yep. and his Russian technical training. And fun fact, he maintained that there should be an equal number of dancers of color and white dancers on stage. Oh, love that. In 54. Love that. What's this love guy's that. name? Derek? George. <laughs> Derek? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> I like that you swung for the fences. What's this guy's name? Derek? Derek. What the hell? George, you are a man ahead of your time. Well done. George, we love you. Big fan. So there's some different adaptations with the Pacific Northwest Ballet's version. Includes a a pedophile of a godfather. So that's interesting that you brought that That up. That is interesting. Is there also Bigfoot? Because they're the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There you go. So the... The Godfather is basically a pedophile. He gives Marie the Nutcracker doll and then lustfully pouts when she falls in love with the doll rather than with him. Jesus Christ, I really hate that this That makes version. me want to vomit I'm and die. I'm so nauseous right now. Okay, lustfully pouts. But, Yikes. Bleh. So, but the popularity seems to distill down to the fact that the ballet portrays children, is for children, and makes use of children, providing the ideal showcase for ballet schools with a role for every age. I like that, too. Yeah, I just, that's interesting. I just really hate the whole pedophile angle. I hate the whole story. I, the whole story sucks, don't get me wrong, but that part is the especially cringy part to me, I guess. Oh, yeah, big time. And even if the Godfather isn't a pedophile, that pedophile element still exists in the story. It's still there. Like, even if if the Godfather isn't in fact a pedophile, (sighs) like, you you know it's it's woven between the lines. There's also, I really can't get around the fact that she's so small. Yeah. And that no one's wondering why she's passing out. No one's wondering why she's obsessed with this toy. Yeah. No, like, there's no questioning of any kind going on. That's unacceptable to me. Yeah, her parents suck. They're leaving the drugs out. For leaving the drug, You guys started this shit, and now you're just letting her That's finish right. it. Come on. Come on. So, it also provides the magical element with a little girl falling in love with a doll that comes to life. That sentence makes me want to vomit. I hate that. And the ballet is set at Christmas, and basically thanks to Disney, anyone knows it. 
even if they haven't seen it. And right. to date, more people have seen the Nutcracker and more companies have performed it than any other ballet. Holy shit. Like, even more than, like, what is it, Swan Lake? Like, oh, some of those other big ones. They got this. I, sw- I don't think I know anything about Swan Lake. <laughs> oh, isn't that? Maybe I'm making that up. I feel like that's a thing, though. No, I, I think it is, oh, for sure. Yeah. That's crazy. And also, like, a really, really fucked up story. I just... I I remember being confused by the Nutcracker, but I remember not knowing what was going on enough. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is the but kind the of... But the music is beautiful. Oh, for sure. This is the kind of thing where, like, if you're reading it, you should not question it. And just, like, go with it. Like, like abandon all hope, ye who enter here, because you're about to read this shit and it's going to be sure. fucking weird, you know? So I think that's, that's kind of the... I just, I just feel like it's a very weird message to be sending. Oh, big time. To people. Yeah. That's a weird message. That is, and, and kids, this is all very strange. Yeah, I, um, wow, I, I understand why ballets are performed because all the kids can do it. And like, I yeah, think that's, that's awesome cool. because it gives kids an opportunity. And I think that's amazing. However, I think it's a weird show to be targeted to a child audience. I agree. Yep. Definitely. And I I don't I I don't like it. I think it's weird. <laughs> there you have it. We don't like it, people. <laughs> I just think the whole thing is weird. It is weird. And it's just a bizarre I just love that the critics were like, We hate this. <laughs> and and then what smash cut to i don't know 200 years later and people are like we know oh this music plays and everyone knows what it is yeah thanks lord (laughs) satan disney (laughs) i know for real i mean it was the music really is beautiful but the story jesus god yeah wow well this was a fucked up episode Sure was, gang. I'm a big fan, not of the Nutcracker, but I like how you chose this topic. It's a good topic, and I never realized, like, I mean, I, I kind of always knew like very, very small elements of it, but like, yeah, you gave us the, the the shebang here, and it's fucking weird. I I remember watching it and being like, so Clara likes this Nutcracker, and that's the only thing that ever stayed with me, is I was like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, a mouse shows up, and I was like, why? why? Yeah. Yeah. And now the story is is ugh, worse than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, here we are five days away from Christmas. I think this is coming out on the 20th. And so, Merry Dead Horsehead and uh, Pedophilia to you all. That's right. And have a nice Christmas. Have a nice Christmas. Or, I'm going to give know, you a Christmas ho- you can't refuse. That's right. <laughs> or whatever holiday you're celebrating, please enjoy it. Please stay safe. Yes. Stay safe. Stay careful. And, um, yeah, enjoy it however is is safest. That's right. That's it. But most importantly, until next time, stay strange. Ha, 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 ha.